Live brunch. We are live. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Live Brunch. Live brunch. Live brunch. Welcome to another episode of Live Brunch. Uh, with me, Johan Philip, I'm joined by the wonderful Christina. Hello. And Matt Carville. Hello, from preaching. Um, if, you're, if this is your first time watching Live Brunch, we've, we take some questions in that have come through uh, and bring them to uh, Matt and Christina. Just how can we practically apply the sermon? Yeah. But alongside, we've just begun our small group term. And so this uh, week, we've got some questions to help you apply the preach. Uh, during your small group. And the, f the three questions that we have for you this week are, in what ways did the passage help you understand, sorry, in what ways did the message help you understand this passage? And what questions do you still have? Do you have examples from your own story of God's faithfulness through a season of sin or suffering? And what are the challenges you are currently, you are currently facing where you're still waiting to see the fruit of God's Faithfulness. So, Christina, you said you had you want to look at the second question. Do you have an ex you have you have an example of a story of God's faithfulness through a season of sin or suffering? Yeah, and it's quite difficult to tell what came first, whether it was the sin or the suffering. So, as a student, I got into quite a bad habit of just poor time management, um, and it just got really overwhelming. And I just started falling behind on my studies, and it spiraled into depression. I started getting anxiety, and there was just a really hopeless situation um, and I would kind of look at like I'm here in this city and what do I have to show for it and it was just a really dark place and I think a lot of students would be able to kind of relate to that when you're just so behind that it's like there's no hope and there was an opportunity well there was a chance that I was going to come out without an honours degree um, and I'd actually just given up at that point just being like you know what it is what it is. I, I did this kind of to myself, uh, but you know what, God, I don't know. But then somebody at university, um, they were kind of just looking at the case, the profile, and something didn't seem right to them because I would get like really high marks, like 90s and 80s, and then I would like fail, and they were just so confused, and they took a special interest in me and said, no, I totally know that something isn't quite right here. And they came basically to my rescue and made sure that I managed to come out with my honours degree. And wow. that was such a God thing when I'd been like, you know what, like, it's fine, God. Um, and that person came through. And even after that, just God's faithfulness, I didn't even have to really struggle to find a graduate job. Straight away, God just opened doors. He was paving the way for me. And I think he just wanted to show me that even in, you know, the fact that you fail to really trust me with your degree, um, I will still bless you and I'll open doors for you and it's never held me back. Wow. That's yeah. incredible. Wow. So, so you always hear, I mean, it's a lovely story, but my story was I prayed and I just got terrible grades, <laughs> but God still had a, a, a journey for me to, to go on and I'm, I'm still grateful for everything he does. Um, we, we tend to start off live brunch by also looking at uh, quest, look, unpacking something that's been in the news recently and one of the big stories in the news recently is a really sad story. It's the, the end of Belinda and Melinda, yeah. Melinda, Melinda and Bill Gates, Belinda, Melinda and Bill Gates uh, marriage. Um, they've been married together for 27 years, and now on Twitter they recently put out a statement saying that they are calling time and, and getting a divorce mm -hmm. on their marriage. The language that they use, that they did not see a future 
together. And I guess in this instance, there isn't any, I mean, to the best of our knowledge, or it's not been revealed publicly, there hasn't been any unfaithfulness in their marriage. And um, Matt, as an elder, um, if Bill and Melinda Gates were at Emmanuel, what would your advice be to them? Right, okay. Well, I think, um, yeah, I mean, today we've been talking about, in one sense, a marriage in crisis in, in, in the passage. And um, that is something, you know, I guess what we're saying is that we can resonate in different ways with what they're facing. And, and that's true, that, that the Bible doesn't present marriage, like every Bible, marriage in the Bible as a, as a perfect thing and marriage just because you're married, just because even you're trying to trust God that everything is going to go well. And, and that's certainly uh, the case for anyone in our church, including myself, who, who has been uh, married or is married. Um, it's not easy. It's, 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 it's difficult. It's a blessing from God, but it's, it, any relationship is, is tricky. And so if you're, if you're asking me the question, what, uh, what would my advice or how would we approach the situation? I think how we approach any pastoral situations is to try to un understand and support and not say, well, the Bible says you shouldn't get divorced and you could make a case for that. Um, but... The Bible tells us to show compassion and to walk with people and to understand the story. And I think that's how we would and how we do try to help and support um, people in their marriages um, in, in this church to un understand the support. Now, I think as well, probably worth, worth saying, um, we, from a Christian point of view, with the topic of marriage, we do come from a different angle in terms of understanding it as something designed by God. It's not a human arrangement. Um, and the goal of marriage from a Christian point of view is, is, a, is different, is different because the thing that we teach about marriage, uh, one of the things we teach about marriage in this church is that actually marriage is a blessing from God. It's a gift from God, but it's, it's, it's there so that we can honor God with our marriage. And that is a different dynamic when God is in the picture. That, okay, this marriage is not just about my happiness and it's not a means to that end. Actually, what we have found when we follow Jesus is that actually when we put Jesus first and we make our marriage or our work or our singleness or our family uh, or our friendships, if we try and put, that, put God first in them, actually everyone benefits. Now, that is not a formula to success in terms of, well, you just say that God's first and then every relationship works out. No, it doesn't. But that is the angle that we come from and it sort of frames how we think of it. This marriage is not just about whether we get along or I don't see we can get along in the future, therefore we should just, we should uh, divorce. Well, we wouldn't see it like that. We'd say, well, okay, the challenges is difficulties, but we also know that God cares about this marriage as well as both of you. And with God, there's always hope for reconciliation. And that's what we try and help people with. Absolutely brilliant. There we go. I would have said, check out um, the HTB marriage course with, I've gone blank on his name, Nikki Gumbel. No, it's not Nikki Gumbel. It's Nikki and Silla Lee, Silla Lee yeah, who have right. done the super marriage cross from HTB and I'd have sent him the link. Maybe I'll tweet him the link and see, you know, who knows, maybe he might check it out. Um, okay, so let's jump into what we've just heard yeah. uh, this morning. It's an extraordinary bit of scripture. Mm. It's very unsettling when you, yeah. read, when you read a story like that. Even, even as a guy, you kind of, you cringe at the story. I, I can't even begin to ima imagine me, I guess, um, well, not selling off, but like offering up my wife to another man. Mm -hmm. It sounds extraordinarily horrible. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it feels uncomfortable. And, and the Bible doesn't shy away from these stories. There's, mm -hmm. there's plenty of stories uh, all across scripture of um, Bible heroes and men who are, who seem to be, who, who walk closely with God and has, have seemed to have a special relationship with God. Mm -hmm. uh, and yet they do these, these very uncomfortable, terrible things. Mm -hmm. And you kind of almost wish, like, wow, why was that story even included in the Bible? You know, we could have brushed that one over. Mm -hmm. uh, how, how do you feel when, when you come across a, a story like that? Um, I think for me, it really just showed me God's heart um, towards women. So in the passage that was read today, um, you see that God responded quickly <laughs> in the fact that he put great plagues in Pharaoh's mm, household. Mm, Not yeah. just plagues, great plagues. <laughs> like God came to her rescue mm -hmm. and he cared for her. And it helped me to know that women play a vital role in in the, in the purpose and the call that Abraham had. Because if, if Sarah wasn't important, Sarai at that point, if she wasn't important, like God would have allowed Abraham to marry someone else mm -hmm. and to have that child from someone else, mm -hmm. replaceable, or it's just a supporting act. But she's not, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. God made it a point to go after her. Mm -hmm. And as we read on, you know, mm -hmm. shock for those who probably haven't read ahead, but in, in chapter 20 in Genesis, he does it again, mm -hmm. and God actually goes to Abimelech, and he, like, God is so insistent on this, and he says, this is a sin against me. Mm -hmm. God is offended by this, and he comes to her rescue again, and it just made me think, like, even though Abraham failed to support his wife mm -hmm. um, and to protect her, Jesus didn't, wow. well, God didn't, Superb. he came to her rescue. And I was also thinking of how, think about how Mary and Joseph in that situation. Again, women, God is just so particular because he, the angel appeared to Mary first. Mm -hmm. You know, she was part of the plan. She's not a supporting act. She's not someone who's just on the side who can be replaced. No, God is really intentional about that. So we're seeing these women coming alongside these men and God being like, nah, -uh. like mm -hmm. she's part of the promise. I'm not going to do this without her. Yeah, yeah. And so for me that, yeah, that's the encouragement I got from it. That's wow. That's superb. I think, as, as, you know, in, in all honesty, I think to preach this message, the way I would approach this message 10 years ago might be different. Well, I think it would be different now because of what has happened culturally and, and the, the light that has been shone on uh, oppression and exploitation and uneven power balance and that sort of thing. Not all of that is helpful and not as good, but I think part of it is. And I think to be, um, to help us to see these passages in the Bible, to see actually, let, let, let's just not, um, just pick out something else. Let's actually go into and look at that and address that head on. That's what I tried to do in the passage to actually to call it out and say, no, this is horrendously wrong. You're feeling this, I'm feeling this, but let's try and um, decipher okay, where he's gone actually wrong here and which parts is God condemning, which parts is God condoning or that sort of thing. I think that's really important. And I think culturally there's more pressure to do that and that's helpful if it helps us to get into the passage. And I think that's what I tried to do today, to actually ask those tough questions mm. of the passage to, to find those answers. Because that's, you know, that's an amazing answer that Christina just gave there of, of what it shows of God. When we ask those tough questions of the Bible, um, it sh we see something greater in it and we see God's kindness and God's compassion. Brilliant. And you get that from doing it rather than thinking, oh, this is a bit of an embarrassing story. And perhaps we do when we're reading a Bible or whatever. Oh, skip that one quickly. Mm. Um, but actually, it's good to ask tough questions. And, and so we're in, we're in a culture that asks tough questions of one another, of authority. 
And that is good. I'm not going to say that it's always good because there's a heart sometimes that's not good. But that is a good thing. And we can actually learn from that and bring that to the way we look at the Bible as well. Because I think if the Bible is true and the Bible is good and the Bible is from God, the more we question and seek for yeah. answers, the more we're going to be satisfied with it. So that's really helpful. So that was a superb answer. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden you're sitting here thinking, oh, I wish I had Christina by my side whenever I read the Bible and I would just ask her for insights. But if we, we don't have that privilege. Mm -hmm. um, what, would you, what would you tell the people who are like, I, there are some scripture, there are some verses in the Bible which I just can't get my head around, or there's some stories, or there's mm -hmm. just something which is, I'm finding really difficult. Um, what would you say to them? How do they really try and, do they dismiss it, or do they explore it? And, and if they do need to explore it, what would you advise them or recommend them to do? Yeah, I mean, what would you do, Christina? <laughs> Um, I read with the Holy Spirit. So earlier in the year, we'd actually come across that passage. Me and Tinder were reading it. And I was like, ah, interesting. Or just women in general kind of making some notes. But it was really last night when I was laying in bed. I was like, God, help me. And the Holy Spirit really just gave me some meaning and understanding to that and showed me um, a question that I had earlier in the year when we came across that passage and just helped it to make sense. Mm -hmm. And so I think... I think it was touched on like in a couple of weeks ago where Joel was saying approach the Bible humbly. Mm -hmm. um, so not accessing our own opinions about it, like yeah. coming to it open-minded, being like, Holy Spirit, would you teach me? Would you show me what you, what you want to show me? Mm -hmm. And also being patient because like I said, that was something that I'd noticed a while ago, but only something that I got last night laying in bed. So I think Holy Spirit, patience, mm -hmm. coming to the word humbly and open-minded. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think probably what I would say as well is, is try and, um, with your Bible reading, try and read it in the context of the whole. And, and so, we, I mean, in this church, we have a, a Bible reading plan um, that we go through the whole Bible. Now, it's, that's a big um, journey to go through, or you can just do the, the New Testament daily devotions that we do. But one of the reasons that we do that is not to keep God happy when we tick that box. It's so that we have a big understanding of the big, themes because that helps us to interpret a small passage with the big themes and hopefully again I showed today how those things connect and bring significance to but that's a long journey that's a long journey it takes months years to to study and that sort of thing so as well as trying to read the bible like going through it I think reading with other people I mean you, you talked there about reading with others and, and being in, in groups and asking other people and think what like that's how all of us have learned whether that's will include people that we're with and, and people in the church and that's one of the reasons why we have small groups but also with people that have written things from decades and hundreds of years gone by that have grappled with these questions yeah. in the Bible as well. I think well, it's, so. it's really good to see that there's these are questions that aren't questions you're asking for the first time. Yeah. These are questions that people have been wrestling with yeah. since the Bible was written. Yeah. Uh, and especially if, you, if you've grown up in, in a Christian home and, and faith has just come alongside because you've, you've grown up in that context, um, you might think there's, there's big questions that you might have about women, about uh, gender roles, about heaven and hell, judgment, all of those things. And it's quite easy to then dismiss the Bible and, and then to, to dismiss Christianity because, well, I don't not bring these two together. There's, mm. there's tension mm. in the Bible that we can't reconcile. Uh, and, and it's good to know that you aren't the only and you aren't the first person who's, who's had this question, but there's a lot of resource out there and there's, there's people who've wrestled with this for hundreds and maybe thousands of years yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and written really good stuff. I, I love reading Augustine and Calvin yeah. uh, and just coming across some of their stuff. Um, but yeah, plenty of resource. If you wanted a quick place to start, 
Where would you suggest? Well, I would say get a good study Bible. Yeah, uh, so in, in my home, we have ESV study Bible and a, um, uh, I think it's a, is it NIV or an NLT probably study Bible as well. So we have two study Bibles. But even that's just going to be a, a quick thing. So as you're reading a passage, I don't understand that. You'll have a quick summary. It's much better to do that than to, go, to Google it. And who knows where you're going to end up. In terms. Um, so invest in a good study Bible would be the tip. I would say. We should start Ask Pastor Matt and just <laughs> drop in your question that you don't understand. Well, I kind of, this is kind of... The, the law uh, like that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Despite, another question that's come in, despite what you've said today, most of the Bible does describe a patriarchal society. Mm -hmm. Should we view that as intrinsically wrong? Okay, so... Um, couple of, in one sense, to, to admit straight off the bat, you know, you read through the Bible... There is a patriarchal society. There's no getting away from that. Um, I th but at the, at the same time, we have to recognise that we, um, we live currently in a, in, in a culture, in, certainly in the West, where the word patriarchal is a pejorative word. In terms of it's used, it's used to, as, a, as an insult. That is intrinsically, that's something that's wrong and that's, that's bad. Um, and I think what we should, as Christians, be careful to do is, we've, well, we've talked already about bringing our tough questions to the Bible, and so that's not wrong. That's a good thing. Like if, if it seems to us, this is, this, is, this is unhelpful. This is unfair. This is not good. Why is God dealing with people in this way? You know, because it's not just about um, the role of men and women. In the Bible. Like people would say in a similar way, well, the Bible talks about slavery, but it doesn't seem to condemn slavery. So the Bible seems to be okay with slavery or X, Y, and Z. There's other examples that you can give. And again, in the short time we've got now, we can unpack all of those. But I think it's right to question the Bible, but also we should question the culture as well. Okay, where's this idea come from that a society where um, there is an imbalance of power towards men and women, that is intrinsically wrong? We should ask that question. Now, I'm not, not justifying it. I'm saying we should ask that question. And what is the goals and what's the solution? Because a lot of the cultural narrative that's coming right now is that, well, where there's an imbalance of power, that we need to tear those things down and then everything will be okay. Well, I, that solution, I think we have seen, it's, it's, not, it's not an adequate solution because there is, you can't get away from power imbalance. There's never been a society on earth that has been completely equal. And the times in which that there have been an attempt to equal it and make that the goal have been sometimes the most uneven and unequal, you know, has, has resulted. So I think what is, asking the question, what is actually trying to be achieved by tearing things down and what is the better solution? Now, I'm going a long way around this, but with the Bible, okay, yes, there's power imbalances and the Bible, even in the New Testament, is, is saying, be aware of that. When someone comes into the church who is rich and someone who is poor, don't be uh, prejudiced. It's saying, actually, there is power imbalances, but those ones need to be redeemed. The rich need to understand that they have a responsibility to the poor and the poor need to see, actually, they're dignified and value to God and there's, there is an there is a, um, a God-inspired redeeming of those things. And actually that's more important than just tearing down one and just lifting up the other in a sort of just blanket kind of way. There's something greater. It's not that those two things are wrong, but it's actually something better. So <laughs> taking a long way to explain this, but I, 
What I would say is, yes, ask those tough questions of the Bible. Yes, where the patriarchy uh, society is abusive, mm. that should be questions and we should say, no, that's, that's not right. Mm. But the idea that getting to a situation where there's complete equality and everything, and then everything will be fine, well, that's not realistic. Mm. Actually, those in power need to be, have responsibility. God needs to give them wisdom of that. They need to be mm. humble with that responsibility. But uh, and, yeah, having said all Let's that. unpack that a little bit. So everybody has been given power just to a different measure. Mm -hmm. The ability to, to turn chaos into order is with everybody. Now, it could be in your home situation. It could be as a father or as a mother. It could be as, uh, as a husband or a wife. It could be as a son or as a yeah. daughter. It could be within your working situation, your, your education system, just whatever situation you're on. Uh, you do have a certain measure of power. Yeah. Now, we see Abraham totally misusing the power that was given to him, yeah. even as a husband. Yeah. Um, not just as being a, the promise carrier mm -hmm. uh, of God's chosen people, but as being a husband, he misused his power. Um, if you find yourself in a position of power, what would you recommend to people to avoid falling into this trap of misusing power and kind of ending up, maybe to a lesser degree, of where Abraham and Sarai ended? I, th I think um, Jesus is the perfect example. So being the son of God, being God, having all the power, he came as a servant. And even when the disciples were saying, who's going to be the greatest among us? You know, he said to them, the greatest among you is going to be a servant. And I really think that shows us what we should do with the power that we have or people in authority. When you're a servant, you put the needs of the other person above yourself. Jesus came and he died for us and he calls us his bride. And he, the church is the answer mm -hmm. to this world's problems. You know, he calls his bride the answer and he dies for her um, and he's passionate about her. And so I think it's very much a servanthoodness mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. it. Um, that's the way that we don't misuse power when we actually use it right and we see Jesus as a standard and we follow that. Yeah. I think, just to add one little comment as well, I think understanding um, God's opposite, clear opposition to injustice right the way through the Bible. If we are in a place of influence and leadership perhaps, um, actually seeing, well, if there is injustice, I have, God's given me power to oppose that. You know, and so I, I, I you know, as, as a leader in the church, I um, have, to, have to respond to that. If someone comes to me and said, actually, what's going on in your church is not good, it's not right, there's injustice, there's inequality, there's unfairness, people are being treated differently, that's all I As a leader, that's, that's my problem. <laughs> that's, that's, on, that's on me, even if it wasn't me saying they're doing that thing. No, it's directly. Actually, there is a, a God-given, where there is God-given authority, it's, it's calling to follow in the ways of God. And part of the ways of, of God is to oppose injustice. Mm. Uh, and, and so recognizing, recognizing that, and that makes power not about me, it makes about a God. And that's, that can be very freeing because one of the things about when we have power and influence or you, you know, whether it's in church or whether it's in, the, in, in business or in, in another context, we think, oh, how am I gonna use it? And, and the, I think we talked about this a few weeks ago. The pressure is to think, well, I, I'm just gonna not use this. Because if I, you know, just sort of be embarrassed by the influence that we have, <laughs> well, you, God's obviously given that to you, so use it in according to his ways. And one of the ways would be to challenge injustice. And that's, yeah. And I think, oh, sorry, no, no, we've run over. I think it is good to say that this is still a topic, the patriarchy and stuff mm -hmm. like that, that we struggle with. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Yeah. And to do that together, go through it together in groups and 
seek God about it and keep praying and keep praying because that's why I don't think it's wise for me to necessarily say everything because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm still figuring things out. And I know that some people are watching this yeah. will oh, still be figuring things out. <laughs> so yeah, that's fine. Let's yeah. seek God. Let's continue yeah. pressing in. Let's not ignore it. And yeah, we, we have the answer. We've got the Holy Spirit. Mm. Amazing. Well said. Us, Pastor Christina could be here <laughs> next show. There we have. Uh, sorry, before, a question that came in. Matt, you've told us what your favorite movie was. What was your second favorite movie? Somebody asked that on the chat. Godfather Part 2. Wow. <laughs> guys, thank you so much for joining us this week on Life Brunch. Uh, we will be back next week and we've got Joel uh, preaching to next us week. next yeah. week. Yeah. <laughs> Why do I always preaching? forget? <laughs> you got Joel preaching to us next week. It is, the, it is our, around our giving and, and yeah, generosity. Right. Joel's preaching around giving and generosity and we will see you next week. <laughs>